Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Unai Emery's men continued their title charge, would you believe, with an epic 2-1 comeback win at Brentford in a game that turned into a Royal Rumble at points. More on that in a sec, plus Frankie serves me up with another of his Nando's-inspired spicy questions. But first things first, Frankie, how are you doing? Oh, I'm feeling spicy just knowing that Aston Villa are sriding high in the Premier League, George. In the last two weeks or three weeks, we've just beaten Spurs away. We beat Man City, Arsenal, got a last-second draw at a really difficult place to go in Bournemouth, and then we go to one of the hardest away games you're going to get all season, yeah. go to Brentford, and we lay the smack down on Neil Morpay. I mean, yeah, it literally. is what a, what a time to be alive. I'm I'm still I'm still reeling at how hilarious those shenanigans were at the end of the game. It was proper it was proper WWE, wasn't it? It was That's pantomime fantastic. stuff. Uh which was all but it kind of in 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 both parts hilarious and kind of infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, particularly the Martinez one. I was like, just don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but um but hey, listen, I think that's that's the package you get with Martinez. I think if he wasn't if he wasn't the way he is, I don't yeah. think he would be half as good a keeper as he is. I think that's 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 part and parcel of of who he is, and I'm sure we'll talk about all that all that in a moment. But if we if yeah. we sort of stray from kind of on the field fights to on the field football performances, um, how did you think it kind of all turned out? Because it was um, we anticip- I anticipated a tricky game, and it mm. was, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Brentford away is one of the toughest away games in the Premier League. Have they only um, lost two so far this season at yeah. home? So I think it's in, uh, there was an Arsenal fan who recently, I need to double check this, but there was an Arsenal fan recently who told me that in something like 30 home games, they'd only lost three times and twice was to Arsenal and right. one was to Everton this season. Mm. So they have been vulnerable this season because they have lost twice at home this season, but still their record at home generally is very, very strong. Yeah. And it's largely because they play five at the back with a four in midfield and it's really tight and compact and trying to break through that is very difficult and then when they hit you on the counter with you know usually an Ivan Tony and Mbumo yeah um Josh De Silva you know they, they, they had a lot of players missing we do have to give them that for sure but at the same time they were still very difficult to break down they were very very well organized and um the one thing I would say though and I, I mentioned this on our YouTube channel you know in, in a video I put out that um I have watched a lot of their highlights this season and one sort of strange quirk they have is that for as well as they can defend, you know, and as hard as it is to break through, they do have this strange quirk where if you can, if a winger who is, say, right-footed playing on the left or a or a vice versa, you know, like a Leon Bailey who's left-footed playing on the right, if you have a winger like that and they cut back and send a ball to the back post, they tend to be quite vulnerable to that. And they conceded goals to Everton that way. They conceded goals to West Ham that way. They did it to Arsenal twice. One was offside, but one was the winner uh, with Saka cutting in and putting it to the back post. And then yesterday, Leon Bailey, what do you know? Does exactly the same thing. Cuts on onto his left, back post with Alex, handsome Alex Moreno, turning up with a goal. And then a set-piece goal. Everton scored one earlier this season against them. And we did it the same again yesterday with Ollie Watkins, staring out that fool behind the, the goal. So it was... Um, I think we beat Brentford the only way you really can beat them at home, and that was with well-delivered balls to the back post that causes them causes them a bit of a bit of a headache. So um, I thought one thing I would say as well is that it was quite outstanding to see Aston Villa go to somewhere as hard to go as Brentford, and for Brentford to treat us with the, so much respect in the sense that they just ceded the ball to us all the time. Mm. 
we, we had 68% possession, 15 shots to Brentford's four. I mean, the only thing they completely dominated us on was fouls. They had 19 and we had six. You know, they were, they were tough, physical, um, but uh, as hard an away day as you'll get, to be honest, in the Premier League or as close to it as you'll get. And um, we got to win. Massive, George. Massive. Yeah, yeah, it was big, wasn't it? And, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about our away form having to improve. And if we are going to mount a, whisper it quietly, Frankie, title charge, uh, then we need to obviously improve our away form. Um, you know, our home form is, is impeccable, as we all know, but but away from home, we're a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit um, stickier for us to try and grind out results. And to be honest, I watched the game yesterday and for all, of, for all our possession, I thought chances came at a, a premium, kind of for both sides, really. Mm. Um you know, Brentford's goal came from a, from a set piece, um, and it 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 was one of those ones where I think Moreno just wasn't really aware of his his surroundings. He wasn't aware of um, of uh, of who was coming up behind him. And and to be fair, it was a good finish. Um, you know, two touches in very quick succession, and, and the ball ends up in the back of the net. And that was just before half time, which is always a tricky time to concede. Um, mm. You know, so you so you're sort of changing your, your team talk at half time to to try and come back into the game and try and win it. Um, I think we need to kind of talk about the turning point in the game because I, I'm not entirely sure we would have got, um, certainly I don't think we would have got the win if it wasn't for the Ben Mee challenge. He strikes again <laughs> um, uh, against us um, in that tackle against uh, Leon Bailey. It was interesting, wasn't it? Because um, because in terms of the referee's vision, he was he was right there, wasn't he? Um, to see it initially gave a yellow card, but was referred to the screen by VAR, who obviously... Uh, double checked it and um i listened to uh thomas frank's comments after the game where he said it wasn't a red card mm. i just don't know i just don't know what he's looking at there no. I, I think no. i think um i i actually think if bailey's reaction was more dramatic he probably would have seen red straight away but the fact yeah. that bailey kind of grimaced but but carried on with the play um, probably resulted in that yellow card, which was the which was the wrong decision because it, it shouldn't be based. Because time and time again, you know, I, I, mainly you see it in the penalty area. Someone's fouled, but they make a mis the mistake in quotation mm. marks of um, of carrying on. You know, trying to trying to score a goal in open play when when you know that if they went down and made a meal of it, they would they would get a, a penalty. I think the same situation happened there. I think because Bailey carried on, he just got the yellow, but he was correctly referred to the screen. And if you look at it from multiple angles, it's a, it is a red. It's reckless. Oh, he, he, he comes in far too uh, heavily. His boots are over the ball, and the studs crash into Bailey's uh, Bailey's uh, leg. So it is a straight red. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I think that's really where the game kind of hinged on because we were struggling. It was difficult for us to to get into the flow of the game. Um, as you say, we had a lot of the ball, but we didn't really do much with it. But after that, it was kind of, you know, wave after wave of Villa attack and we profited um, from that. So, um, so yeah, what did, you, what did you think about that moment? I thought it was 100% a red card. And I think with Thomas Frank, I get it. You know, uh, I, I understand when managers always try and defend their own players and, you know, managers have done that forever. But I do think, you know, if you're going to put in a challenge like that, that, you know, Bailey's extremely fortunate not to have had his legs snapped. You know... God only knows what that would have done to his career. Look what it happened to Wesley. To, you know, Wesley looked like he was finally coming to form. And Ben Mee effectively is, let's face it, put his career in a place that is not is not recovered uh, for poor Wes. And that was a 
wildly heavy challenge on him. And yesterday was exactly the same. It was reckless, dangerous. And I think with Thomas Frank, I think if, if a Villa player had done that, you know, uh, he could probably look at Matty Cash a few weeks ago at Tottenham on Bensonker, yeah. uh, which was a silly challenge. Um, Romero does it all the time for Spurs. Basuma did it the other day for Spurs. You know, I'd, I'd rather managers came out and sort of said, actually, we need this, we need these sorts of challenges out the game completely. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know whether it, I don't know why there suddenly seems to just be a spate of them recently. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was an extremely but you, dangerous challenge. But you, but you know, you, you know, you say the managers will defend their players. I think, I think, I don't, and I respect Emery a lot because he doesn't always do that. You know, no, he, he said, no. he said after 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 uh, after the game against Brentford, he said about. Um, uh, Martinez's uh, antics that he he didn't you know he didn't really want to see that go on. Um, yeah. You know he's not always going to uh, go out to bat for for his players if he feels that they've overstepped in some way, which I think which I think is 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 right to do. I I don't, I don't like I don't like managers that come out and say oh I didn't see it I didn't see the incident or I disagree with it when when it's so blatantly obvious to you know the thousands in the stadium and you know potential millions watching at home that something was what it was if it's black and white. Um, so I do respect that about Emery. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, obviously that wasn't the only red card in the game towards the end, almost almost at the very end. Kamara was sent off. He's now suspended for three games, which is which is a blow because mm. uh, he's one of those players that you don't want to lose for any sort of extended spell, particularly after an incident like that. I, I have to say, I, I came away from, from that game obviously happy with the three points, but a little bit frustrated with how how our team sort of got involved spawned. yeah got yeah, involved I, I just i think i think it was completely unnecessary considering our position as well you want you want every every player available fit and and ready to to help over what will be a very busy sort of festive period mm. and so for kamara to be sent off for, for what he did in reaction to what martinez did yeah is is a frustrating thing for me other villa fans might feel differently um, but I, I, I think that uh, that is a bit of a blemish on what was a really, really important win. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was, you know, Kamara losing him for three games. I think if you could pick two games potentially this season where you, you accept maybe someone's out, you'd go Burnley and Sheffield United at home are two of them. Sure. Those games are not going to be walkovers, though I think that should be harder than they, they sound. Um, but away at Old Trafford is a game that you really, really want in there. Um, yeah. it was It was... I just, uh, it's just really silly. And you saw John McGinn's own reaction. On yeah, that, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what you're doing, mate? What you're doing? Um, so uh, yeah, he, he he won't be an invite. He won't be inviting Bubakar Kamara to uh, a Nando's with Super Jack Sauce in Shirley. If you, I don't know if you saw that Jack Grealish and John McGinn at the Nando's in Shirley. I did. I saw that. I Jack Grealish's own Jack Sauce. I loved it. It was nice to see. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, no, it was silly from Kamara. Um, I'm sure he's probably sitting there today. I'd imagine Emery behind closed doors has had some stern words with him and he's probably regretting it deeply, but it, you mm. know, you just got to learn from it. And I think it's a lesson for Villa players. You know, if Neil Morpay is right rolling around on the floor, just laugh at him because it is hilarious. Yeah, exactly, it was yeah. actually really funny. Yeah. So to get involved with it, it was like, um, come on, like, come on, like, come on, lads. It's just, it's, it's we're winning. What, what, what do yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it's on, it's on them to kill, you know, if they want to waste their own time, fine, but don't, yeah. but don't waste it. And, and it means that we have, you know, 10 minutes of nail biting I mean, extra time to watch. What he should have done is rock bottomed more pay. He should have actually <laughs> yeah, done if a you're gonna, If you're going to do it, yeah, if you're going to do it, 
F5. <laughs> Put him in the yeah. ankle lock submission. More pace, just there, yeah. tapping out. T- tombstone pile driver. The Lino's uh, trying to get him off, trying to get him off. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah, yeah. So, But yeah, I think it was... Um, do you know what? It, it was the kind of performance that reminded me a bit of... Do you remember in, in the glory days of Man United when... Like when when Arsenal had their glory days under Arsene Wenger, Arsenal tended to beat teams like five nil, right? Yeah. They were just absolutely trounced. You'd just be like, yeah, 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 ready to completely outplay them. them. Yeah, yeah. But then with United, a lot of the time <laughs> you'd find with United that they'd actually be a bit cumbersome and not all that for like sixty minutes quite often. And you think, oh, we, we've definitely got something here. We're two nil up against Man United, and then somehow they'd have this twenty minute surge. Where they just score three goals, or they score mm. two goals, and they, and they win two one, and you come away thinking, how the hell have we just lost that game? And then it had, but it happened all the time. And um, yesterday kind of reminded me a little bit when you think Brentford did actually have a couple of big chances, and Martinez made a couple of apps yeah. every single game now, gigantic saves. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, we had that surge, you know. It was a bit of a Man United glory era sort of surge where we. You know, we got the red card, but we took advantage of it and we we sort of rose to the occasion when we needed to and fought back at a really difficult away day. And mm. that is that is the kind of performance of a, a team that can win championships. Yeah. Um, so it it was it was just it was an amazing, amazing comeback. Um, but again, I think still a I think one or two frustrations where you'd say, I think at times we str- we still struggle to break those low blocks down. And I'm sure that's something Emery's really thinking about with Paco Ayesteran and the other coaches at the moment. Yeah. And also, again, we conceded the first goal. And mm. there's been a few occasions this season where a corner's come in and there's four goals this season uh, with, uh, it was at Liverpool, Sobersly, Tottenham, Lo Celso, yesterday at Brentford, and another goal that slipped in my mind, where the ball has come in, it's come out to the edge of the area and the opposition has scored. So again, we've conceded first, given ourselves a mountain to climb. But there's got to come a point where we stop conceding that first goal away. Um, but overall, you know, got away with it, and um, in the end, had a top top. You know, it was it was a, it was a good uh, final thirty minutes, particularly, and I think it was good to see Ramsey and Moreno back together on the yeah. left. And- they're yeah. coming. They're coming back at just the right time, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Great for Moreno to score his first Premier League goal. Yeah. Um. You know, so so that will give him a lot of confidence, and obviously the fitness boost for him will be massive. Same with Ramsey as well. Uh, and as you say, although Kamara is going to be out for three games, Luis will be back from his suspension against Sheffield United. Luca Dean will be back from his suspension. So, yeah, it's a, it's a loss, Kamara, obviously, particularly in that position because. He, that might need a that might mean a tweak in formation, or it might mean Dendonka coming in, who's you know, who's he's fine as we've talked about many times, you know, but he's he's not he's not really at Kamara's level. But but we'll see how how that transpires against Sheffield United. But frankly, if we if we beat Sheffield United on Friday, we are top of the table, my friend. Top of the table at the end of December it, is incredible. Isn't it? To think there's an angel on top of the tree that looks just like Professor Unai Emery, my goodness. Um, Extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Um, the turnaround has been since he came in right up to this moment is just off the charts. And there are teams that are vulnerable in the league this season. Man City are not performing, yeah. they're now away in Saudi Arabia. Is it Saudi Arabia? Wherever they are for the Club World Cup. Um, that's 
going to provide some disruption and suddenly they look at the table and maybe teams like Liverpool, Arsenal are 10 points ahead and they think, hmm, that's a big bridge to gap, isn't it? And then you've got, you know, Arsenal have shown vulnerabilities. Liverpool are a bit, still a bit inconsistent. Yeah. No one yet has... No one has grabbed, no one's to... grabbed the ball by the horns, have they yet? To say, you know, to, to, to make a mark, to make, to make their mark and say, you know, the title is ours. I know it's only, I know it's December. I know we're only halfway through the season and... Yeah. That sort of mentality will probably shift the closer we get to May, but um, we're still amongst it. We're, we're still amongst we're it. Absolutely amongst it. We absolutely are. We have to see ourselves as title contenders, and um, yeah. why not? And we've you we've what we've won games as well, all different ways. You know, it's not like yeah. we're a team that's, you know, worked off the break or or um, or uh, you know have dominated teams or have done this that the other. We've done all of those things at mm. what at, at certain stages against certain teams playing against certain playing in certain ways so we're finding ways to win which again is like is is, is another sort of like hallmark of, of a successful side that if you if you're struggling to beat the team in front of you yeah you would you adapt you change personnel you change tactics change mentality in whatever way you can and you, yeah. and you get you get a win and that's what we're doing at the moment absolutely all villa no filler on youtube twitter facebook and instagram Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. George and I might not be the best of friends after this, the spicy question. Today, George, I pour you out some Super Jack sauce from Nando's and say, would you rather win the FA Cup or get in the Champions League places? Now, I only say this because it was a question asked in the London Lions WhatsApp group that I'm in. And it was a deadlock, 10-10. Couldn't seem to come to any conclusions. So I thought, well, this, this is a bit spicy, isn't it? Yeah, that is spicy. Because obviously, you know, I've seen us win a cup hmm. uh, many moons ago, obviously. Uh, but I have seen that happen. But I have never seen us win the FA Cup, which is obviously a much more prestigious competition. It's certainly become more prestigious, even though it's <laughs> the... the, the, uh, the um, the value held by it has has dipped somewhat. All the same. Um, oh man, that is that is a tough one. I'd actually be very interested to hear your thoughts on this. Mm. I think, I think because I have seen us win a cup competition, albeit I was about eight years old at the time. I think, and the prestige of the Champions League has certainly risen quite significantly. I mean, all eyes. Would be on I mean, people watch the FA Cup final, sure, but I, I, I just think like all eyes are on the Champions League these days. Mm-hmm. It would be amazing for us to, to compete in that competition. I think, and I think with a manager that's experienced playing in Europe and and um, and knows how to sort of handle that competition as well, uh, that would be that would be something special and something different. So I'm going to say I'm going to say Champions League, but I but I'm. I mean, I, I think both. Obviously, <laughs> let's just do it all. Um, but I think, given the choice, I would I would probably go Champions League. What about you, Frankie? You know, I thought I thought I'd finally found a spicy question that would divide us. Would <laughs> I thought this, the, yeah, I thought this demil- was going to be the demilitarized be, yeah. zone between North and South <laughs> Korea. You'd be North Korea. I'd obviously be the South oh, Korea. Of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. Course. The, the, uh, but, uh, no, I uh, I think Champions League is where I sit. And I but but, uh, what, but why? What what are your reasons? So. I think winning my greatest memories as a Villa fan was seeing us win the Coca-Cola Cup in nineteen ninety four. Right. So I think the best memory would we would ever have as Villa fans would be 
you know, if we, if we won the FA Cup, would be incredible. If we won yeah. like the Europa League or something like that as well, I mean, that'd be absolutely incredible. I would love to win the Europa League. But um, as in the, 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 as in the Conference League, the one we're in now. Well, Conference League, just... but also the Europa League as well, because sure. sure. you know it's a, it's a competition we feasibly could be in very very. Yeah, soon. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I look at uh, but I, I think the reason I think I'm, I'm going to try and use my um logical side of my brain it's not very big the logical side of my brain but i'm gonna try to use it what what is there in it and say um that i think if we were to get champions league it would it would sort of elevate us as a club in the sense of it it makes other players think of us in a different way yeah i still think we get spoken about as little villa you know, little Villa, they, they, they won't be there at the end of the season. They won't be. Is that sort of mentality? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even now, I, I hear pundits talking about the title race, and Villa won't get a mention despite the fact, mention, yeah. despite the fact we're second. Like people yeah. say, "Oh, Man City will come good." Liverpool, you know, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. You never. You know, I, not, I think that's partly because so many ex-pundits are used to play for Liverpool, Man United, and Tottenham, yeah. and it's, it's, it's there's very few ex-Villa. Yeah, it? of course. Yeah. And the ones that were ex-Villa seem to have so wax lyrical about us. So. I, I think, but I think with the Champions League, be, you think of how Tottenham managed to break through and become a team that went from kind of being sort of Villa Everton level, sort of, you you know, you'd finish sixth one year and then you're down in 12th the next. Yeah. Uh, in the Premier League, they broke through into the Champions League and they sort of established themselves as, you know, they're identified now as the big six, you know, they nearly yeah. won the Premier League. They, they were able to attract top players. They were able to use that money to build the new stadium, all that stuff. And I think that Villa... If we were to become, if we were to be in the Champions League immediately, that sets you apart. Then, and you think, oh, we go to Villa's a team that plays in the Champions League, and suddenly we're not that team you just gloss over anymore. Mm. Um, and if we were able to do that on a regular basis, the income we'd get from that, the players would be able to bring in because of it, the things we could do to the stadium because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would probably, in the long term, then help us compete better for trophies. Yeah. Um, so I think, in my heart of hearts, I think I want to see a trophy lift more than anything. But I think if I was to be logical and say, well, there's probably more, if we're a more regular Champions League club, the the money that creates and the players that brings in, and the yeah. sort of prestige it brings to the to how people identify the club, you know, it, I think it puts Tottenham on another pedestal, really, on another level, really. And I think Villa kind of really could do with that. Um, so. I think I'd I think I'd probably go Champions League. Um but you know, I, I'm more than willing to accept the other argument that an FA Cup win because like I say, watching us win the Coca-Cola Cup at Wembley in ninety four as a little kid at the top of the old Wembley, it was just absolutely extraordinary. Like memories I'll never forget ever. It was just amazing. Um and something that I really wish, you know, there's probably a lot of Villa fans listening to this who have never seen us lift a trophy. And one that I really wish they'd get to see very, very soon. And I think they will. Yeah. I think as well is that <laughs> we'll always be in the FA Cup. Every year we'll be in the FA Cup because we're an English team and we're in the football pyramid and, you know, we'll, we'll always be in the FA Cup. But there's no guarantee of always finishing the Champions League. Champions League spots. Even even this year feels like a bit of a, a unique year because mm-hmm. of the opportunity of the top five making it into Champions League spots, which gives us a little bit of breathing room potentially. Um, which wouldn't always be the case every year. Um, and the teams that we would play, the the, quali- the type of quality teams that we would play, would be teams that we haven't played in, you know, generations. You know, mm. you know, 
obviously we played Inter Milan in the early nineties and Barcelona and stuff. We haven't played competitive matches against those sides since 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 then. No. The opportunity to go to the San Siro, Giuseppe Miazza or um Bernabeu. Bernabeu or, you know, well, hopefully the Camp Nou would be finished by the time we qualify, I don't know. But um yeah, all those all those grounds, all those cities again. I mean, we, we're seeing it now. The fact that you know, at the conference in the conference league, all those fans, I haven't had the the luck or the privilege to go out there and follow Villa uh, in the Conference League so far, but you, mm. you're extremely envious of the fans that, that that do go out there, have those incredible experiences. You know, you you hear about those four blokes that packed into a minibus to drive all the way to Mostar. Mm. You know, it's just just brilliant stories, and and you know, so much of so much of it isn't just the game itself, is it? It's obviously just the the experience, the travel, going to all these sort of unique and colourful places in Europe, which we haven't done mm. for so long. And I think our our um, experience in the Conference League this season, I think, has whetted many an appetite, Frankie, mm. for for that sort of experience to 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 continue for a lot of Villa fans. Um, well, George, when me and you are invited VIP to sit next to Florentino Perez next season, and Jude Bellingham makes it six nil with his fifth goal of the game, we're going to look at each other and go, "I think I would have. We should have picked the FA Cup, shouldn't we?" Yeah, it'll be Florentino <laughs> Perez to our right, Dua Lipa to our left in the VIP. <laughs> in the VIP and they're going, "Who are these guys? You got the wrong seats." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, it's you know we can dream, Frankie. We yeah, can dream. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think so. As great as it is to obviously see Villa win a cup because we haven't done it for so long, I just think the glamour, the glitz of hearing that Champions League anthem and being part of that of that sort of experience would be um, would be amazing. Mm. And this year we're going to do it. So yeah, it's happening. It's going to be great. It's going to happen. Okay, on that buoyant note, uh, that is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. Frankie, see you later. Catch you a bit, George, up the villa. Up the villa, and it is goodbye from me too. We'll be back again soon, but until then, come on, Super Aston Villa.